Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married for 21 years and have seen the fruit from raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from their faith by age 18. And it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in the following world. Hey, welcome to the podcast. So glad to have you back. Hi, guys. We have a good topic today. I I mean, I think I say that every week, but I get excited about them. This one's cool. I I know. Well, I think that the Bible gives us so many opportunities to really dig deep. Yes. And that's something that we both really enjoy, right? We want these podcasts to be relevant to you and to be worthy of you taking time to listen. So we really appreciate you guys joining us on the podcast. Yeah. And we've got a slew of scriptures today. It might be more of a Bible study. (laughs) Wonder who prepared this one. Anyways, hey, I was inspired. That's awesome. I just have to say, if any of the ladies from our church are listening, I just appreciate you. I had such a good time at our women's Bible study last night, and we kind of dug into this topic a little bit more intro, you know, just intimately. And so it inspired me to really think and study all the different ways that we potentially provoke our children, yeah. which is one of the reasons why we're doing this today. It is a big deal because God put us as their authority. And we need we are that trusted authority. But mm-hmm. when we provoke kids, we're crossing a line. We're actually disobeying God's yeah. word. And he commands us not to provoke our children and unless it, they become And it makes it challenging for yeah. children who don't have the same capacity and maybe self-control mm-hmm. and experience in life. Mm-hmm. And so it's it can be hard for them. So this is a really important thing mm-hmm. uh, to actually encourage a teachable heart, encourage mm-hmm. obedience to parents by being good leaders. That's right. So we're going to dive into some scriptures, but before we do that, we just wanted to say, hey, you know what? This this is November. If you're listening the week that this comes out, thank you for being a supporter of the podcast and being with us for as long as you have. That's just unbelievable. We're really grateful. Um, But here we are in in November, and in just a few weeks, it's going to be Thanksgiving, and then Christmas, and then the New Year. Right. And right now we are gearing up to have our very last parenting mentor program of 2022. And the next one won't take place until January of 2023. So if you would like to join us for a six week self paced program, we would love to have you in this next class that starts November 15th. The thought is if not now, then when? It's never a perfect time to do these things. Whenever we do something new that would be like that, it usually happens after the kids are in bed. It usually happens when everything else is done Mm -hmm. and we have that quiet time in the evening and we'll spend extra time. We'll stay up a little later Mm -hmm. uh, to have those discussions and to learn the things. And, you know, there's there's a way when it's important enough. And so uh, we encourage you, CourageousParenting.com, not only can you find out about the Parenting Mentor Program and secure your spot, but you also get all the free resources, Mm -hmm. show notes from this episode and so forth. And thank you so much for being part of the ministry. Mm -hmm. If you want any part of the ministry or Everything that it offers, go to mm-hmm. BeCourageousMinistry.org. And by the way, one of the, if you listen to other podcasts, they'll have, all, every week they'll have other 
company's products they're promoting or other mm-hmm. uh, things they're promoting. Uh, we promote things that under the Be Courageous brand that actually support directly the ministry. Mm-hmm. And so one of those is the Be Courageous Coffee. You can go to BeCourageousCoffee.com mm-hmm. or through BeCourageousMinistry.org. You can find it. But it directly supports the ministry and it is exceptional. Mm-hmm. Everybody's telling us um, uh, it's 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 wonderful and, and lots of people are loving it. So. I really like the flavor. And hey, you know what has been really exciting? I even got Isaac to try decaf at night. I and actually, it's good. I actually really like their decaf. It's good. I don't know if you guys knew this about the Be Courageous Coffee. This is just a side note. We're just chit chatting. Because I think of the ministry, it's not us now. It's BeCourageousMinistry.org. That's right. Which is going to be having some other kids rising up and having some ministry soon. Yeah. Um, but you guys, the Be Courageous Coffee, I just have to say, there's like four different blends. I don't know if you knew that. So if you got coffee yet or you're thinking about it, like there's the Courageoso. I'm going to say it wrong. Risoluto. Risoluto, the Forze, yeah. and then the decaf. Va- Valorosa decaf. That's right. And they're all Italian names because it's Italian artisan roasted. Yeah. So let's dive Pretty in. Cool. Okay. okay. All right. Anyway. So uh, what does it mean to provoke? Well, that's a good question. Right. So we're going to read a couple of scriptures with you guys. But before we do that, we thought that it would be just good to talk about what the word provoke means. Um, la- the other night um, at the Women's Bible study, one of our friends said, when I think of the word provoke, I think of kids like poking each other. Like, I'm going to get you. I'm mm-hmm. going to get you. You know, and kind of that's like pr- annoying, right? It provokes the other person to be bothered. Mm-hmm. And that is actually one way of looking at it. When you look up the definition of it, it actually means to irritate, right? Or Um, exasperate, when you look up exasperate, one of the definitions of exasperate is irritate. And those are two of the words that are used in the different translations regarding these two scriptures we're going to read. But if you think about it from this perspective, that the two scriptures we're going to dig into are actually words that are directly commanding parents and how they should be acting or reacting towards their children. So when God says in his word, parents, or it says fathers, do not, but that would apply to mothers as well, right? For sure. Um, And it it commands us not to do something. We need to listen up, right? If we're expecting our kids to listen when it says children obey your parents, we need to also listen up when it says, but parents, hey, listen up. Mm -hmm. And so let's read the first one. It's in Colossians chapter three, verse 20. I'm going to start at verse 20 because it says, children obey your parents in everything, not in some things. I added that, not in some things. I was highlighting this. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. This is a declarative sentence. God is declaring something. He's commanding something here. He's saying, fathers, do not, or parents, we could say parents in this, you know, because I look at this and I go, wow, that's a warning to me. Mm -hmm. Fathers, do not do this. Do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. That also is a warning to us parents, what will happen if we provoke our kids. So like how, 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 why is this important in parenting? Well, it's important because it makes it difficult for children to do what God has called them to do. And we have a part in this. It's a relationship. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's different roles in the relationship. We're the leaders and they're to follow us. But 
it's really important even as you look forward, because what kind of parents do you want your children to be? And they're going to model much of what they learn, especially in intentional Christian homes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes if things are completely whacked, mm -hmm. then they're going to go a different direction. But if, if they're being raised in an intentional Christian home, they could easily pick up some of these subtle mistakes and continue them into your legacy. And you don't mm -hmm. want that to happen to your grandkids. And so it's really important mm -hmm. that we are introspective when we look and we go, hey, mm. where might I be exasperating our children? Maybe asking your spouse, asking each other, mm -hmm. where do I mm -hmm. exasperate? And I think that's a really important thing to think about. That's a huge, you just brought something up that I think would be a really powerful exercise. I actually brought this up the other night when I was talking to some friends and I just said like, you guys going on a date night and like writing down and evaluating like, how do I potentially provoke my different children? Because it may be different with different kids based upon how they're wired differently or what their personality is like, or if they're a boy or a girl and you're a female or you're the dad, right? Mm. It may be different, the different friendship relationship dynamics that you have, even regarding gender can sometimes, um, and how you're wired also are going to bring out different things. And so sitting down with a piece of paper and being introspective, say, maybe saying a prayer beforehand and going, search my heart. Oh God, if there's any wayward way in me, will you let me know? And then sitting down and intentionally being humble and going, okay, Lord, I really want to know, like, how do I exasperate or provoke my children, right? Each kid's name down and maybe start doing that. And then at the end of that exercise, you look at your spouse and you go, okay, this is what I wrote down. Is there anything that's a blind spot that I don't see? Like that might be a hard conversation. Really Some good, people though. might not be ready for that, but it could be really powerful. It could be really powerful. Ephesians 6, 3 through 5 says that it may go well with you and they may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So it says what not to do and what to do. Don't exasperate. Bring them up in the Lord, in the instruction of the Lord. Well, that's really awesome. And the more we bring them up in the instruction of the Lord, guess what? The more we're mm -hmm. actually in the Bible too. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a double win. Well, we can't do it if we're not in the Word, right? Like yeah. we need the Word open in order to be and teaching And the more, our kids. more we're in yeah. the Word, the less we're going to mm -hmm. exasperate. It's mm -hmm. a sin. It's it's. And you might think about when is it that I do it? When I get interrupted? Mm -hmm. When I'm doing this mm -hmm. certain thing? Mm -hmm. I know for me, it's really hard if I'm doing work in the midst of everything going on with the family mm -hmm. and people don't know that or even mm -hmm. if they do know that it's hard to remember that and i don't have I, in the moment i forget to have compassion for an understanding for that confusion and they interrupt me a bunch and then i can get upset about that and so it's just important to understand okay well what am i doing there's two mistakes i made maybe i shouldn't be working right there right then um, because it's confusing. And the other one is I shouldn't get upset about it because I kind of made that happen. Yeah. No, I think and, it's and good. Just, to, that's just an and, example of, yeah. you know, well, and you know, it. while you were talking, I just even think about something that we've talked about in leadership roles. Many times a good leader falls on the sword. Like they take responsibility. They understand their position of influence and 
their position of leadership and going, okay, well, hold on a second. So if people who are supposed to be following me are not following me with like genuine hearts or sincere hearts, like if they don't want to follow mm-hmm. me or they're struggling to listen to me, they're struggling to obey me. We need to step back for a second and go, what is it in my life that's preventing them from being able to respect? Is there something like that is a really humbling, solid question that we need to ask. Like, why do my kids have a hard time obeying me? Well, obviously there's the fact that we live in the fallen world and kids don't need to learn how to sin, right? Because sin is for every man has fallen short of the glory of God. Everyone sins. It's not something they have to learn is my point. But at the same time, like you always say, do we make it easy for our kids to respect us? Do we make it easy for them to want to obey us? Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a really good question. Like, is there anything in our lives where we could be being a hypocrite that's making it hard for them to want to listen to us, right? And that's a question you would have to ask. Um, It's interesting. These two verses are so similar, yet they're different. Um, And I just wanted to point out something that God highlighted for me as I was reading it the other night. Um, Both in Ephesians and in Colossians, the first verse that's talked about is God's command to children, and then right next to it is God's command for parents. And I love that because one way that I think parents can provoke or exasperate their children is if they are constantly expecting them to obey them, obey them, obey them, obey them, but they're not submitted to God to not provoke. Right. And then the scale, like if there was a scale and you have the first verse on one and then the second verse on another, the scale would be far outweighed Mm -hmm. to where the parents are authoritatively, maybe even harshly coming down on their kids. Obey, 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 obey. But then there's no accountability for them to not be provoking. Mm. Right. And so I just I I just want to point that out and highlight how good is God that he loves us as his children and our children as his children equally. Mm. And there's accountability for both of us, for our children and for us as parents. Like there's commands for both of us. Mm -hmm. And when we're living those out respectfully and what I mean by respectfully is our children respect us. So they obey us. They love us. So they obey us. If we have respect for our children, we're not going to come down harsh on them when it comes to their disobedience. We're going to gently correct them yeah. and we're going to lead them to the Lord. So I just wanted to bring that up. But let's go to point two. What are all the different ways that parents provoke? Now, the reason why we decided to make a list this time, this is different than what we've done in other podcasts, just to help like get you guys, your minds, your wheels thinking, because sometimes we all have blind spots and it's hard to like see what we may be doing. And relationships have rhythms and there might be just this little stumbling block in the rhythm of a a subtle way you provoke that's, you know, not bursts of anger or something, but it might be really causing it hard for your children um, to, you know, be obedient and so forth, or it might be frustrating them, right? Mm -hmm. So that's really important to think about. I want to take a moment and give you something for free, if you haven't got it already, is the date night one sheet. It is a beautiful document you can download that will have some key questions on it for your date night to just get in alignment about what's most important for your family. No matter what time of year, it's always important to recalibrate. You can get that by going to CourageousParenting.com and subscribing to our mailing list. Um, Also, you can get all of our show notes and everything at CourageousParenting.com. And I also just want to share real quick about the Parenting Mentor Program. So many families are 
being transformed by going through this. Uh, it's the six-week self-paced program uh, with live engagement from us and even direct interaction. So if you want to join us, uh, here's a little bit more about it. You can find out more at CourageousParenting.com. Steve and I realized that we were getting too comfortable with the world's vision of how to raise our children. What Angie and Isaac have done in creating this is literally phenomenal. This program provided awesome scripture-based teachings and just some really great practical applications. This class has just really rocked my world. It has given me a vision for not just the different things that we might focus on as parents who are trying to raise our kids biblically, like how our kids are behaving or what we're doing with discipline, but also the things of the heart. We now have a game plan to how we want to raise our children. We have so many answers to the questions that have been in our mind. It's not just these hypothetical situations, or it's not just this, here's what I think you should do. It's, let me show you where in scripture this is. Do your legacy a favor and yourself a favor and just do it. One of the best things that we've done this year, one of the best investments we've made this year, and I could not recommend it more. We're no longer fearing dark days ahead, but we're so excited to raise lights to be leaders for the next generation. So the first one is that we were thinking of was having too high of expectations. And now I just want to preface this because you know that we've said multiple times, like children will rise to the level of responsibility you give them. We're totally against society's low expectations of teenagers or even children, right? Yeah. Like we're anti-terrible twos. We're anti-terrible teens. We're labels. like the labels. We, we in that sense that like we're countercultural in our thinking and kids have more ability than we give them credit for. They're smart, right? But sometimes people, parents can have too high of expectations on like even their capabilities of things that they can do. And that could be frustrating for a kid, right? Well, yeah, too high of expectations could come in and like you, we have this thought in our head that we've already told them, taught them this two or three times and here they are doing it again. And it leads to you exasperating them. And the reality is repetition is part of parenting. You know, in the moment, kids forget the right thing to do sometimes. Sometimes it is intentional and that would be bad. That'd be disobeying the parents. But sometimes they just forgot. And so we need to sometimes that could be um, an expectation that could lead to exasperating. Yeah. Like having just even expecting them to be perfect. Right. When they're human, actually right? Just like how we're human. And so having realistic expectations would be the cure of that. And I just want to remind you that none of us in the Tolpen family are perfect at all. Meaning we all have things to work on. We're all, you know, love God and trying to be more like him, but we're humans. And, Mm -hmm. and I just say that because sometimes you could be comparing to other families you see on Instagram or something like that. And it's really important not to. Yeah, it's unhealthy. And that can alter your expectations Mm -hmm. of something that you're not seeing everything when you see just an image on Instagram or something like Mm -hmm. that of somebody's family. Yeah, there's more to it, right? There's every family has their things they're working on and reworking on, frankly. Mm -hmm. How Mm -hmm. many times do we have marriage meetings where we're reworking on Kind of the same thing again. Over and over again. You know, so so just realize that and having Mm -hmm. grace also uh, for one another, Mm -hmm. uh, which is really important. First Corinthians um, 13, 11 says, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. So I I love that verse because it reminds us 
in my mind, like when I listen to that, like we need to be desiring to grow in spiritual maturity and we want that for our kids, but we do need to remember like, and have realistic expectations of our children because when they are children, we can expect children things out of them. Does that make sense? And so, yeah, we want to like, we, we even had a podcast on this where we were talking about raising the bar of expectations actually, because that is needed in some cases, but Mm -hmm. in some cases it's actually that you need to view your children with realistic expectations. Here's another example of that. Like, do you expect your child to act as if they have the spiritual maturity of someone who's been walking with the Lord and the Holy Spirit activated in their life for five or 20 years? Like, do you expect your child to act like that? When in reality, maybe they just accepted Christ or they still need to. And so that's what I'm talking about regarding like, what are our expectations? And if we have too high of expectations, we could exasperate our kids. Another one is yelling, um, coming down too hard on them, being harsh. You know, one of our top 10 all-time podcast episodes Mm -hmm. uh, over the last four years is how to overcome becoming angry with your children. And I think for a long time, it was top five. And I think that this is, that tells us that this is a real issue. I think it's an epidemic. It's an epidemic of of losing patience and getting angry. Mm -hmm. And we want our children to have self-control, but here we are losing self-control in front Mm -hmm. of them at them and getting angry. And I think- While we're yelling, have self-control. I think think most (laughs) parents, including us, have made this mistake. Yeah. But it's a bad mistake, Mm -hmm. like, you know, and I'm preaching to myself, too. Like, it's a bad mistake, Isaac, to get angry at your children. And And we all need to kind of say that to ourselves, I think, so that we create change. Reality and not liking reality Mm -hmm. is sometimes the best motivator. No, it's wonderful. It's a wonderful word that's just hard to hear. I think that one of the things that was kind of – catchy for me to remember as a mom is, am I really going to let my, this three-year-old get me this upset? Like, think about that for a second. When you, you, you're giving power over of your emotions over to the four-year-old or the 18-month-old. And when you look at it in that light, you kind of go, well, that's a little bit ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I should, I'm the older one. I should be more spiritually mature. So you know, step up, Angie. Yeah. <laughs> and that was kind of the thing that was super convicting. But, you know, when it comes to yelling and calming down, Proverbs 22, tw- verse 24 and 25, actually warn us about being around an angry man. And so here we are raising our kids to love the Lord and love his word. And yet if we are stuck in this sin or we've allowed a legacy of anger or a spirit of anger to be in our home, that can be, that's hypocritical. And let me just read it to you. It says, make no friendship with a man given to anger. So if we're teaching the word to our kids and we're teaching our kids this, but then we're struggling with anger, wouldn't that be like we would need to also have wisdom and go, oh, don't be friends with your mom or your dad because I'm an angry person. Like, do you see the problem with this? Make no friendship with a man given to anger, nor go with a wrathful man, lest you learn his ways and entangle yourself in a snare. Mm-hmm. And so this is that's why Isaac brought up le- the concept of legacy. This is something we're going to talk about at the very end also, but this Bible verse specifically warns us that parents from this perspective, if we are angry and we're wrathful, our children will learn our ways and be entangled in that same snare. 
I mean, that's just what the Bible's saying, right? And this is God's opinion. This is his warning to us. And so the, this is a big deal. The next one is impatience uh, or a lack of gentle speech. It might not be anger, but it might be mm-hmm. combative mm-hmm. in the way it's might be forceful. Mm-hmm. Now, there is a time where a change of tone is warranted, but it can't yeah. be with us in an emotional losing control state. Mm-hmm. It's got to be like, I understand my children need mm-hmm. a little more intensive a tone right now to really make a point. For not, them to understand how anger, serious this is. Not yelling, yeah, but to, to make an impression that this is serious mm-hmm. and you've uh, affected someone else or... Um, you know, this, or there's, there's a challenge, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's okay. I don't want to get us wrong here, but impatience or just on an ongoing basis, having rhythm of lacking that gentleness of snapping or or like, Oh, you're annoying me. If that is something that your kids feel like they, if they feel like they're annoying you by asking you something, there's a problem on your part. Mm -hmm. And you can see it in kids when they're afraid to go talk to their parents. You can see it. I, I can see it with kids that are like afraid to ask for something or they're afraid to ask a question or um, now I'm not talking about the selfish child. I'm not an advocate for a child centric home. I'm actually not. Okay. But I think that there's a middle road, a balance of not being so consumed yourself with your own thoughts and your own agenda and getting things done that there's no room for you to slow down and actually make eye contact with your kids and hear them out. Yeah, we could give There's a-, a difference between that and like having a child that's so selfish that they're constantly coming to you and, and you just give in all the time, right? I mean, we could give a podcast episode to kids saying why you should obey your parents. Right. But that's not what this is. This is a parenting podcast right. on subtle ways parents provoke the children. So, right, right. So, yeah, exactly right. Exactly. So, overwhelming with too much responsibility. That one uh, is an important point, but a lot of parents actually don't give enough responsibility. No. So, I just want to say that first, even yep. though this is an important point, yep. is that a lot of times children can and want to handle more than they're given, mm-hmm. but they don't even know how to talk about it. Right. But there are times where mm-hmm. it, we can overwhelm them with too much responsibility. And a lot of times I find that situation would happen if a leader doesn't give enough information or about they, what to do yeah. and just put it on their shoulders. So actually, this is something that I had a testimony about that I wanted to share with you guys that might give you some insight, especially for you moms of sons, okay? Because boys are wired differently than girls and every person's wired differently, okay? And this is something that I learned as being a mom of seven sons. So hear me out here because this is something I've seen across the board. And this is when you're giving delegation, right? Like I, I, my kids would definitely back me up and go, yep, mom is a master delegator. She is good at multitasking and get it around, right? I love getting things done. The problem though, is that sometimes I would overwhelm my sons by giving them too many tasks and Mm -hmm. rattling it off. And that's what I mean by this, overwhelming them with too much responsibility. Let me give you an example. There was this one time where I was looking at one of my sons and I said, can you go take this to the RV and then take this and start the washing machine? And then I need you to do this. And then, and they, I got, they got the glassy look over their face and then the, the tears started welling up in their eyes and I went, what's wrong, bud? And he was just like, that's too many things. I I want to help, but it's too many things. I already forgot what was the first one. And it just dawned on me like, 
I'm like that. I have a memory where I can remember a long list, but not everybody is like that. And we can exasperate our children and provoke them to tears, provoke them to frustration, even anger, if we don't have a consideration for how they're wired. And so like really studying your kids and understanding like what are the ways that I personally can provoke my kids. That was one that I had to come to a realization of. And so one thing that was a great help for me was using dry erase boards. I got that from Isaac. And so I would get a dry erase board out and I would literally put all the tasks we need to get done when we're going on vacation. And then I would assign by putting their names and putting them in categories. And then the, then the kids could come up and just wipe them off or cross them out as they got them done. And there wasn't mom micromanaging. There wasn't any like mom coming back going, come on, we're in a hurry. Why didn't you do this? And being kind of lacking grace and compassion for the fact that maybe they just forgot. Lists are so powerful because there's a feeling of accomplishment too when you go check it off and there's not that risk of forgetting. You have it right there Mm -hmm. and everybody's wired so differently. Mm -hmm. It's such a good point. And so appropriate information, not causing others to have to rely on their memory uh, for more than a couple things is really, really important because we can become frustrated when in reality our expectation was too much for them remembering a list. That's so good. Yeah. So, you know, and on this, as far as overwhelming a child, you had mentioned like, you know, when you taking a moment and going, okay, did I actually train them or teach them in this? And there have been many times as a mom of many, and maybe I'm speaking this to you if you're listening, where I have like thought I trained a kid in something, but it was because I trained the first six kids in it so many times that I just thought that the seventh kid got it, but I actually hadn't stopped to teach them. So then here I am with an expectation of them to know how to do something when in reality, it's an unfair expectation because I haven't taken the time to train them. Some kids are more process oriented the way their brain operates and some are more intuitive uh, where they'll take information and Mm -hmm. kind of connect them together and kind of guess and feel comfortable with that on what the next thing is based on what someone said. But a process-oriented person is not going to want to take that risk of trying to guess what the next thing is. They'll find it extremely painful Mm -hmm. uh, inside and they'll want just the step by step by step, but Mm -hmm. then they'll implement it like you wouldn't believe. So that's really important. Yeah. The next thing that you may or may not have thought of, and this is super important, we actually have a whole podcast on sibling rivalry and not having a spirit of competition in your home because this can literally deteriorate and break down your family legacy. Like I'm talking kids not wanting to be in relationship with each other when they're older, when they have their own families. And I know you don't want that. So this next point, please hear me out. Do not provoke your children to anger or to be discouraged by creating competition between siblings or friends. So important. Here's a scripture on it. Second Corinthians 10 through 12, 10, 12, excuse me. Not that we dare to classify it or compare ourselves with some of those who are commending themselves, but when they measure themselves by one another and compare themselves with one another, they're without understanding. So if you're comparing your children to other siblings or other people, the Bible actually says you're without understanding. Yeah. That's a big deal. It is a big deal. There's another scripture that talks about not having favorites, which could be in the same category, right? Like if you're, if you have, and when I say favorites, like I know that no parents have like a favorite child. I, that's like impossible. But the truth is, is like, if you are creating competition between your children, what you're 
the reality is, is that maybe in your head you don't have a favorite, but what's perceived by your child is that your favorite is that child that you're comparing them to. When you're saying, why can't you just do this like so-and-so, it's shining a light, a spotlight on that so-and-so as the favored child. Yeah. And even though that might not be what you're meaning to do, what you're meaning to do is say, why can't you just learn from them? It's not hard. They can do it. That means you can do it too. Well, that's not encouraging. That's creating a spirit of competition among siblings. Hey, we've got like seven more of these in a final point. So we're going to do a little bit rapid fire here, right? So uh, how about not listening or not being consistent mm-hmm. with the rules you yourself have set out or your spouse has set out. And that can be very exasperating. Mm-hmm. Definitely not listening to children, even though, see, the problem is we actually a lot of times probably know what they're thinking. They're our children. We actually probably know what mm-hmm. they're about to say. But if a human being isn't allowed to verbalize their thoughts, they don't feel understood, even if you knew what they were going to say. So this is really Mm -hmm. frustrating for people. Mm -hmm. And I think that the listening kind of goes along with interrupting, even though that's way down in our list. Um, This was something that I personally confessed to the women in our church, and I don't mind sharing that with you guys too, but interrupting has been one of those things where I don't, it's not that I purposefully want to interrupt and I don't like the fruit that it brings. It's that Sometimes I'm in such a hurry to get Mm. to the next thing in the day because things are taking such a long time that I try to interrupt to sum things up or whatever (laughs) it is, and it never goes well. Literally never goes well. And, you know, sometimes you have kids within your family, too, where you're so much alike in something that you butt heads. And that has been the case in our family. There is one that... For, for me, there's more interrupting that happens when there's conflict with a specific child. And it's something that has been, um, it's been hard in our communication. Of course, we've always come together and forgiven one another. But you guys, this is like a big deal that we need to evaluate in our minds and then have accountability and repent of it. Um, we'll get more into like, what does God call us to do next? If, if any of these things we've been bringing up are something that you're struggling with, but I think that listening and interrupting are kind of in the same category. They are. And it also adds to, and this is a separate point, but not valuing them. But another aspect of that mm-hmm. is kids are idea generators. They are conversationalists with the starting with why. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we just fail to really give value to their thoughts and their ideas. Don't you want your children when they mature and get Mm -hmm. older to believe that the things they say are valuable Mm -hmm. to the world and the people around them? If you want your kid to be an evangelist and whatever they're doing and share the gospel, you're going to want them to feel confident Mm -hmm. that when they say things, people think it's valuable. Well, Mm -hmm. they're practicing right in your home. If you don't think their ideas are valuable or what they're saying is valuable, that is going to hurt potentially their confidence. That's right. And so that can actually provoke them into not trying. So there, because that would be provoking them into being discouraged, right? Which is what the Bible warns us against doing. Another one that's in here is being inconsistent with rules. So here's a perfect example. When you have kids and you've parented a certain way, and then you start getting, you know, maybe a little (laughs) more exhausted and tired, AKA lazy, and you're not parenting as intentionally with the younger ones. And then the olders are like, hello, 
This isn't consistent. That's so frustrating, right? Yeah. And so that that's just one thing that comes to mind. Another would be like if you're inconsistent where you have a rule and then you break the rule and then you then you break it a, a different way and then you later on you bring that same rule up as if it's this like written in stone thing when you're breaking that very rule yourself. I, I even think of the being inconsistent. There's another word that comes to mind, Pharisee. Modern day Pharisee, hypocrisy is another word that comes to mind, right? Where if we're inconsistent, here's an example. If you have a standard of what you allow for your kids to watch in movies, but you yourself know don't have a standard, then there's an inconsistency with the rules that you put out there, right? And when your kids are older, they're going to be able to sniff that out. And so we need to be consistent and let our yes be yes and our no be no. Hey, just a caveat to that. There could be different movies you watch, but they shouldn't be different than what you would expect or want them watching when they're 18 and older. That's the point, right? So now keeping a record of wrong or having a grudge or any unforgiveness, this is a big deal. And Mm -hmm. a sign that you may do this is when you're talking to your kids about something you're disappointed in, you bring up a whole past list of things you're also Mm -hmm. disappointed in that that have already been reconciled or talked out or dealt with. And that's just a sign that there might be unforgiveness and a building identity that's negative in, mm-hmm. in an area for that children child. Yeah, so, and that could be hugely discouraging because if the child has been really working at that thing that was a problem a year ago, and then you bring it up as if you've seen it in the past year, but they actually have conquered that, praise God, they could be super discouraged. Yeah. So this is, you know, I would say that this is especially, well, it doesn't matter the age of the kid. It could affect a seven-year-old just as much as it could affect a 17-year-old. So make sure you're not keeping a record of wrongs. The next thing is labeling and not allowing your kids to grow. That could be hugely provoking of anger. I could see that happening. Like, Well, I think sometimes it's like, where did the time go? We have these sayings as parents. Oh, yeah. I can't believe they're already this age. And those are innocent and normal. Mm -hmm. But sometimes when we are trying to preserve a certain season, we don't allow our kids to go into the next season. Mm -hmm. Like we ourselves just want to freeze this time while they're a certain age that we love. Mm -hmm. And they grow older. And we might actually inadvertently be not allowing them to mature or acknowledging the maturity in them that is there or could be there just because we're hoping things don't change. Mm -hmm. We actually need to be parents that are excited about getting older ourselves, that are excited about our children getting older. Mm -hmm. Because when you have that paradigm, you actually are more likely Mm -hmm. to call children up into greater value and responsibility Mm -hmm. and capabilities. And and this kind of thing Mm -hmm. doesn't tend to happen. So another one, another thing that might provoke your children is double standard, which, you know, we kind of already talked about this with inconsistencies or hypocrisy, that double standard, that's definitely there. And um, overreacting about things for sure is definitely something like, here, let me give you an example. This one I think goes with the next one on the list, which is shaming in front of people. Um, But overreacting about something, maybe making a bigger deal. You know, there's a saying that's like, don't cry over spilled milk. Um, I actually have done that. Can I just say that out loud? Like, yeah, I've cried over a baby toddler spilling milk because it had been one of those days. I actually can remember it. It was probably 17 years ago. And I remember where I was standing. I remember how it happened. And it was just like ridiculous. I was 
honestly, I was postpartum and had hormones going through my body. I was exhausted. I had many children under, I had five kids under seven. And you guys, sometimes you're in those places where you are actually at a point, a breaking point, and you're provoked. And it can provoke you, right? The thing, the mistake. But what we do next is what's so important. And if we, in our provoking, end up turning it around and blaming the child, that's not fair to them. And so in those times, we need to be really honest and we need to apologize and we need to try to make it right. Be really careful about what you say yes to. I do say yes to my kids, but only when I know that I'm going to do everything I possibly can to Mm -hmm. make that happen. Mm -hmm. And so they do get a lot of maybes. We will see. It depends how today goes. Those kinds of things. Because I am not going to be a father who breaks promises. Because the Bible says in Matthew 5, 37, it says, let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. So when I say yes, I mean it. And when Mm -hmm. I say no, I mean it. And, And if I can't say yes... I will let them know when I can say yes. But oftentimes that broken promise could be something that provokes a child to get mad, right? Because Mm -hmm. if they've really been looking forward to it and then you don't follow through, they feel like they don't matter to you. And that could provoke them to be discouraged and be in total tears over it, right? Now, when we were talking about overreacting, I just mentioned something briefly, and that's shaming in front of people. Mm -hmm. This is a really big deal. And this is, I think, especially, well, I take it back, not especially parents of toddlers. I think that even parents of older kids could struggle with this and it could be extremely embarrassing, right? When they when they look at them and they correct them in mm-hmm. front of people, even if it's something minor, it makes that person feel foolish and small. And that's not okay. And I'm sure that you as a parent would never want your kid to feel that way, mm-hmm. but that's really what it actually does. And so we need to realize that our kids are humans too, and they get embarrassed just like you would get embarrassed, right? And so we need to have compassion on them. And when we do need to correct them, we pull them aside. I even think of Matthew 18, 15 that says, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Mm. There's the key is alone, right? In fact, you know what? I'm just going to be honest with you. If you're correcting your child and you really want them to hear your heart, don't do it in front of other people because they're going to be concerned about what other people are thinking and they may not even have their eyes on you, let alone hear what you're saying. If you want them to hear you and you want real change and you want them to reciprocate respect, you respect them by taking them to a different room and having a real conversation, regardless of how frustrated you are that it interrupted your conversation with a friend. You need to take the time and not shame them in front of other people, but take them aside and do it alone. Okay, so our final point, and we're going to wrap this up, but hope this was super helpful Mm -hmm. so far, is what does God call us to do next? So we've identified some things. By the way, how do you think we know about these? Mm -hmm. Because we've had to work on Mm -hmm. many of these ourselves, right? And so what does God call us to do next? We have to confess and repent. It's super important. Proverbs 28, 13 says, whoever conceals his transgression will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. What do we need to confess to our spouse about? What do we need to repent to our children about? Um, How powerful is that, by the way, if in peacetime, when things are good, there's no arguments going on, you proactively meet with your child and you go, you know what? Mm -hmm. I've noticed something as your father that when I'm working and you don't always realize I'm working Mm -hmm. because I'm just in the living room mm-hmm. that um, that I get impatient with you and 
and I get upset that you interrupted me. And that would be something important to do, right? To, to confess and repent of it. And what does that tell your little Johnny? It's like, whoa, he's human Mm -hmm. and he loves me and he respects me because he's talking to me in these ways Mm -hmm. and humbling himself. And I want to be like him. Oh, part of being like him is to be humble. Mm. It's beautiful to think that that could be a legacy that your kids learn from you. James 5.16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. I'm sure that you, if you're really honest, could have pinpointed some of the things that we talked about as being ways that maybe you've sinned against your kids and provoked them. And maybe those are the same things that you experienced as transgressions against you from your parents. And so I just want to point out that there's, there is a generational sin that has been passed on it was learnt, just like we read in Proverbs 22 earlier today. And so I just want to encourage you, though, that this scripture is saying that if you confess your sins to one another and pray for one another, you may be healed. This is a promise of God. and But we have to be humble enough, like Isaac's saying, to confess and repent and turn away from our sin and not do it again. Get accountability with your spouse or with friends. Share with women in your church if you're a woman, men if you're a man, right? And be honest. There is so much power in bringing sin into the light. First John 1, 8, and 9 says, if we say we have no sin, we dece- deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That is the bondage-breaking grace of Jesus. Opening up greater um, uh, impact with the Holy Spirit helping you uh, in your family. And husbands, let's ask our wives, how can we help? Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's a really big job with all the dynamics of children during the day and so forth. And there very well could be ways you could help even though you're not there Mm -hmm. during the daytime. And um, how you approach it when you come home, how you back up and support your wife, Mm -hmm. how you um, ask her questions, uh, maybe read scripture together uh, in an area that she's struggling with or that you're struggling with. And I just think that's beautiful. You know, a lot of you guys, as you're listening to, I know that there's a time when like when because I know scripture, this these two scriptures have been on my heart for quite a while. There were times where I in my sin and in my humanity of wanting to justify me losing it or losing my temper, which I don't know if you guys have done that. Maybe you're you're a better Christian than I am. But (laughs) that's been the reality as a mom. And and there and i've been very convicted about it but there was this one time where i thought to myself but my child is provoking me to mm-hmm. sin i'm not just yelling or i'm not just doing this they provoked me by what they did it's their fault they did their thing first and so i have a little word for you guys if you've ever thought that to yourself um or if you're even thinking that now Gal- galatians 6:1 it's not it's not my word. It's actually God's word. Um, it says, brother, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you also be tempted. Mm. 
And when you look at this scripture through the eyes of a parent and you realize, yeah, those of you who are spiritual, well, I would hope that I'm more spiritually mature than my child. I would hope you're more spiritually mature than your child. God actually calls us that when our kids are caught in a transgression, when they are yelling, when they are not sharing, when they are being selfish or sinful, we who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness, keeping watch on ourselves so that we are not tempted to sin. How would we be sinning? By provoking. That's why the first one says, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. And then it says, parents, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, lest they be discouraged. We need to lead well. Hey, we hope this was encouraging and helpful and brought some good insights. If you guys would really like to dig into these scriptures more, go to BeCourageousMinistry.org and find the podcast with all the show notes and scriptures. Thanks for joining us. See ya. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. For more resources, go to Courageous Parenting and CourageousMom.com for free online workshops, blog posts, and best-selling courses. Also, we wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, we release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. This is an incredible self-paced program where we cover everything from obedience training to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's a supportive community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentor program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.